Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Avatar, the last airbender. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. Um, so today we're talking about Avatar, the last airbender, book two, Earth. Episode 16, Appa's Lost Days. And listeners, if you've been listening for a while, they will know, uh, y'all will know that we usually just do one episode at the end of each season where, where the people who hang out in our Zoom can join in and share their thoughts. Um, but it's Appa's Lost Days. And therefore, like, there's only one way that we can proper, properly and appropriately do this. And that's for anyone who is here, who's hanging out in the Zoom, who wants to share their thoughts to share their thoughts. So I guess first I'll throw it to Allison and Noel and then uh, Marcus, Keenan, and Scotty. If you would like to join in, please, please do. So, <sighs> Allison, how you doing? Uh, hold on. <sighs> yeah. I had to reach that for is... the bar cart. Yeah. Um, that was one of the most stressful episodes of television I've ever seen. It's like, it's like the season two premiere of the West wing. When, <laughs> spoilers for the West wing. It was on a zillion years ago uh, when Josh Lyman is dying and they keep flashing back to when his dad was dying and Bartlett is bleeding out of his mouth and Toby cries. And if Toby cries, like that's really a problem. It's like, that it's that level of stressful it is lucy and carter getting stabbed in er levels of stressful it is that's a good comparison i like just i was so upset um none of you adequately prepared me for this (laughs) i have talked so much about how hard it is for me to watch appa and momo in distress and I was all jokey yesterday about Appa's lost days. It's going to be him going to San Francisco, whatever. Here's my Billy Wilder joke. Let's work, blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm, he's, he's not burgers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. But it was, and I'm not, like, obviously the bar cart is for comic effect. I mean, I, I really did go to the bar cart. I really did just spike my coffee, but I do that for comic effect, but that was no, if I were going to make a list right now, which is a thing that every single entertainment journalist on the planet has to be able to do at the drop of the hat, because how else are we going to make money? Um, (laughs) I had to do a list right now of the most stressful TV watching instances of my entire life. This would be maybe the highest fictional instance right? Like excusing the news, excusing documentaries. This is like, it was deeply upsetting. It is, it was, it was an entire episode. That's just the first act of John Wick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it was incredibly well done, but God, I'm just still upset. I'm still Mm -hmm. upset. It felt like it lasted for three hours. Yeah. You can see how we're like, we'll just do this one by itself. Did you hear yeah. Tom laughing at me in the background <laughs> just now? Did that come through my mic? Because he was just straight up laughing at me. And since then, I've been waiting to hear from Keenan and Scotty via text message. And then I got some texts from Keenan that I think you may hear a little bit of in a bit. But holy crap. I'm so glad Noel is holding up his stuffed appa right now, which I might need to get one of those because I don't know how else I'm going to recover. 
This episode uh, got an award from the... Uh, it won a Humane Society Award for its portrayal of the mistreatment of animals. And you can see why. Because, yeah. like... Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I appreciate that it's not... I mean, that we don't have Oppa Burgers. And there, like, it, there are certain times where you can see it's going out of its way to have reasons that Oppa doesn't turn into burgers. Um, and I really appreciate that like hashtag not all humans that there that you consistently see people who identify and either help to some extent or aren't able to help or choose not to help um the, the they can see the the distress that he's in um throughout so it's not just like he just happens to only run into terrible people it's no it's it's more complicated than that um yeah i think it's a really stressful um but very well done episode and i thought they did for a character who obviously can't speak um they did a really good job of conveying a whole world of emotions yeah uh it's it's really compelling noel apparently this was worse than you remembered um it's always worse than i remember (laughs) so i block it out you can understand why i block this out Mm -hmm. um it's just you you talked about like the ways in which appa occasionally meets people um, that are there to help him. Uh, Whether it's that little kid at the Fire Nation um, circus or the, um, or Suki and the Kiyoshi warriors or the guru at the Eastern Air Temple. Um, But what this episode does and what you alluded to is that it really does a great job of showing sort of like the societal and systemic ways in which we don't acknowledge animals um and the ways in which that happens and how we just kind of treat them as beasts things to be broken down for parts um and that kind of a thing that i just i find really compelling that the show is able to do that as effectively as it does with a really clear indication of this is bad and while some of that is really easy to achieve because he ends up at a fire nation circus and we're predisposed because of how the show works to kind of always side eye fire nation citizens and that kind of a thing. But we also meet sandbenders and that guy is a top tier dick. Um, just like from the get go, like he seems kind of weasley and squirmy, like when they encounter him at the end of the desert, but here he's just like awful. He's just legitimately the worst. Um, so I think all of that, the ways in which we see humans devaluing animals like that and not acknowledging them helps feed into like the larger thing of looking at the ways in which we've domesticated certain animals and how quickly that can kind of fall apart for those animals as well, which I think is the other thing that is really effective and affecting about this episode is watching Alpa slowly kind of break down all that trust that he's built up over technically 11 years, but also like a hundred years. And watching all of that break down over time is to the point where he can't really recognize Suki as someone that he can trust. Um, I think is just really, it's really potent, really powerful to think about like the ways in which they weave all this stuff into this 22 minute episode that then still ends on a downward note with like, 
if you didn't need a reason to distrust Long Fang, <laughs> yeah. here's another reason. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. this is screw Jet, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh, this is so much worse than anything the Fire Nation's done. Um, <laughs> exactly. These are the good guys. <laughs> yeah, air quotes, right? Air yeah. Quotes. Um, so watching them do all that narratively, and then watching like the aesthetics of the episode as well, as they translate Appa's just matted fur, the um, bor- the porcupine pins in the fur, the shackles that are like on his feet for so long. Um, it's just all really, really deep. Um, and I really, it's still really potent and I really like this episode, but this is exactly the reason why Kate and I were just like, we're gonna, we're gonna do this one as, a single episode because people are going to need to talk about their feelings. And I think that's a really good thing to have. Um, like we needed to talk about our feelings about this episode. Cause Sapa's great. Yeah. Marcus says, didn't the fire nation kill all the other sky bisons when they destroyed the air nomads? And I don't think we know that. Um, and I don't remember if they did. Um, yeah, there's a weird kind of hand wave about mm-hmm. it at the beginning of Legend of Korra because there are suddenly like a number of Sky Bison um, by the time Legend of Korra starts. Um, but I forget how they explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't remember. Um, I'd have to go back and look. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. But it's this episode is also notice- notable for giving us our first look at the Eastern Air Temple and the airbending nuns. Um, they had decided that the Eastern and Western air temples would be maintained by nuns and the Northern and Southerns would be maintained by the monks. Yeah. Um, I was yelling at my screen so hard. In, yeah. Well, not actually because I was watching with my parents and they hadn't seen it before. In my head, I was yelling very loud. Um, it's he, when, when the, the guy at the circus was calling him an, like an air, uh, like a air buffalo. I was like, it's a sky bison, you piece of shit. <laughs> also, you shouldn't be doing any of this, but but call him by by what he is, which is a sky bison. I, we're all very much in our feelings. Um, so if Keenan or Scotty, if you would like to share your thoughts, if you guys want to do a dramatic reading of your text chain, <laughs> you're more than welcome. I would love to hear it. Um, Marcus, if you if any of you would like to chime in, now's the time. Oh, Keenan! Hey, hey, Keenan, how you doing? Listen to me. <laughs> I am so upset. <laughs> you monsters. This, uh, every, I put this in my text, so this is a slight spoiler, but literally every frame and every moment was constructed to break my heart. The animation of Appa, when he had the thorns in his fur and he had the shackles on his feet. Oh, God. I, this was the worst thing that's ever happened to anyone. <laughs> Both for Appa and for me watching it. Mm. The show! My fluffy boy! Oh, yeah. Guys, so I I sent Allison some feelings. Uh, I'm so glad I didn't watch this last night because I never would have slept. <laughs> yeah, I watched it this morning specifically for that reason. <laughs> oh, I watched it last night. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I guess I'm going to finish Snatch Game now. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually ended up being a pretty decent choice, um, yeah. But that's that's another podcast. Um, I uh, yeah. Okay, Keenan, let's do this. Uh, 
Um, I sort of wish that we could start with our unsolved mysteries texts, but (laughs) (laughs) that also is another podcast. Uh, So (laughs) I just finished today's Avatar app and it was the worst thing I've ever seen. Oh my God, I can't take this. I've been waiting for this text. I will kill everyone if it means getting Appa back to Aang. What the fuck? God damn it. I will kill everyone. Yeah, that seems about right. How was every single frame designed to shatter my heart, Alice? I, I literally cried in relief when Suki showed up. Fucking Azula. Fucking Azula. That was the worst thing I've ever seen and worst feelings I've ever felt. It was so hard. And the end, I gasped and screamed out loud. To recover, can I interest you in unsolving some mysteries this evening? Very nice. You guys. Oh, it just—it was devastating. His little—I got like—I really almost cried. Him flying through the air with the shackles. I hated that so much. And I was getting like so excited because I was like, we're going to see him walking around Ba Sing Se and leaving a footprint and Momo's in the footprint, but it's okay because Appa's like just around the corner and then they're going to reunite. Yeah. It didn't happen. That was the unkindest cut of all. That was the unkindest cut of all. Mm, These little animals and baby, baby Appa? Puppy Appa or whatever a baby bison is? Yeah. Oh no. That, that's the picture for this episode. <laughs> I was like, what picture can I use from this episode? Happy baby <laughs> baby Appa is the answer. <laughs> Monstrous monsters. And like Appa hearing the bison whistle and trying to get to Aang and oh no. Ugh. Yeah, I like how they managed to actually make the end of the last episode even sadder because yeah. in theory we know Momo is here. And Appa is somewhere directly underneath him. Anyway, I've said my piece. Okay. <laughs> I got thank you for Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. It's okay. It's okay, Keenan. <laughs> I'm going to go hug Gus now. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you, Keenan. And again, either Scotty or Marcus, if you want to share your thoughts, you are more than welcome. If you'd rather not, that's okay, too. Um Oh, Scotty, you're here. Here's okay. Scotty. Let's How do you this. doing? Um, I I said this in the chat, but I don't. I you get me get me just a little liquored up and ask me what I think about children and animals in distress in cinema and television, and I will start ranting about the movie Homeward Bound. Mm-hmm. What trash person thought that that would be nice? What trash fucking asshole thought, I know a pleasant way to pass the time in the cinema, fun for children and adults alike, sweet, sweet babies in fucking distress for two hours, fuck off with Shadow falling down the waterfall and like dragging himself out of the ditch at the end while the other animals weep and go, Shadow, come on boy, Shadow, go fuck yourself with a nail if you think that that is a joyful way to spend the time. Yep. Yep. So, so how do you think I enjoyed this episode? <laughs> oh, well. Like, at least it was only 22 minutes. 
22 fucking minutes and all okay so that is exactly the point that i was about to make yeah but it's really condensed i had to like pat my own heart and say this is nickelodeon this is nickelodeon the thing that you fear will happen um and the pain that you see in this sweet sweet baby's eyes i say this as i look at noel's stuffed appa on my zoom screen um uh it, it will it cannot be as bad as you think because this is Nickelodeon. And I had to say that to myself over and over and over again. And I will say the end kind of undercut that. <laughs> um, the other thing is um, multiple times I checked the spacer bar on my, cause I watched it on my computer. Multiple times I checked the spacer bar because I did not know how much more I could take. And when I was like barely halfway, I checked and I was barely halfway through. I was like, oh no. Um, the little moment where he, like you could see the betrayal and the confusion and the fear in his eyes. And the moment where the guru made fun of his bedhead and he shook his little head and it fixed his hair. <sighs> it was so sweet. And, um, and it's also, it's not just that like Appa was in danger, but he was so alone. Yeah. Um, because even when our, like, I'm obviously concerned for Aang and his friends because they are literal children, even though they have bending powers or are just super fucking plucky. Like, <laughs> um, they've so seldom been separated and they've so seldom been in a place where they, um, like, don't speak the language or um, could be broken down for parts. And um, yeah, our seeing our, as Keenan says, our sweet fluffy boy um, all alone. Oh, when Suki showed up and was gentle to him, it just broke my heart because he was so afraid and he didn't know her. And and yeah, anytime like Suki or the guru gave him peace to be with himself and his fear and his mistrust, it's that that is so real and it just breaks your heart to think about how vulnerable he's so big and brave, but he's so vulnerable. And um, this is, I'm never watching this episode again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, 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 a brill- it's brilliantly, beautifully done, and I'm never watching it again. <laughs> uh, Keenan says, no, never. I, I cannot do it again. And fair enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's really effective. Because you realize throughout, because like, we didn't know exactly when Appa met Aang and, and all of that. And so we, and we find it in this episode. So literally, Appa has probably never, ever been alone. Because he was with his family and initially, and then just you get the sense that he has been with Aang every single day of his life. So yeah, it's 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 huge, and because he's enormous, we don't think of him as also twelve years old, but he can't be much more than that based on how small he is when he meets Appa, and that really recontextualizes how I think about Appa in a big way too. Um, and Marcus says even younger, he thinks. Uh, yeah, and that's, I would never have looked at Appa and been like, you know, a tween, <laughs> uh, a preteen. Um, the, talk about, like, for a slightly happier thing, talk about a way to introduce a character and we immediately are on board. Brian George is the guru. Guru, you're good. <laughs> yeah. Immediately yeah. on the team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely my second favorite human character in this episode after Suki who I would now do anything for yeah um I like I know I said this in our dramatic reading of text but when Suki showed up the like 
the profound relief that I felt that someone who knew him was there, who we knew would be gentle. I just, it was such an incredible relief. And then fucking Azula. It, oh, I hate her so much. And the idea that the, the right thing for Suki to do in that situation was to send this, I'm getting a little verklempt about it, to send him off by himself by scaring him so that she and her friends, her fellow soldiers would be in greater peril was just like, that was the second unkindest cut. Uh Um, But watching her scare him off with fires so that they could face these, the death to these child alone um, was just, it was just, terrible and then yes the guru the patience and the kindness and the storm clouds of emotions in his head and oh just yeah really got me (laughs) yeah yep pretty much that seems about right um the the different levels of calamity we see happen i think and and also the time that they spend in how Making sure it still feels like Appa the whole time. How Appa is getting through, right? When when the guy's trying to to scare him with the fire, uh, just, you know, you won't eat until he's just like cabbage for me, cabbage for me. You're gonna end in that cabbage to me. <laughs> yeah. Um. So like those little bits of personality. So it's it's still like it it makes it better and also worse. Where you're like, no, that that's our good fluffy boy. That is Appa. It still feels like Appa as you're watching him get shaped by this experience, right? Yeah, they, they paced all of that really well. Uh, yeah. Well, one of the other things that we should mention, um, and we should make sure Marcus wants to talk if he wants to talk, um, is that Dee Bradley Baker kills this episode. Oh, yeah. Like, imagine getting into the recording booth and being like, okay, here's what we need you to convey without using words. Can you do that? And just like the sheer amount of preparation and like thinking about that from an acting perspective of being like, how do I convey this, this, and this vocally with growls, grunts, roars? How do I do that? And I think that that's just, it really speaks to sort of like the low key nature of how really impressive Dee Bradley Baker's work across the series is both Appa and Momo, but to give him a spotlight like this, um, and the consistency needed to make sure that all of that hits as well as it does and hits the visuals, hits the narrative and make sure that it feels like Appa the entire time is also all on his shoulders. Um, and that's just really, really impressive. Um, Cause it's just like, we can talk really great about like the rest of the vocal performances in this show, but this is a guy who doesn't get to speak in English um, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so conveying that kind of emotionality, which he does really well in the Momo episode as well, I think, um, in the Momo story in Tales of Oz and Say, but it comes out really clearly here of like, oh, you thought I had game then, <laughs> just wait. Um, so I think Dee Bradley Baker deserves a big round of applause for this episode too, because it's just gutting. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really easy to overlook uh, vocal performances that are, that are um, nonverbal um or i guess non-linguistic whatever the term would be um it reminded me a lot of like it's very this is it's a completely different 
vibe. Um, but it's easy to overlook the contributions of, uh, of people like Nicholas Briggs and Paul Casey to Doctor Who, um, mm -hmm. because they're usually, sometimes it's not them doing the physical performance, sometimes it is, and they're, you can't see their faces, and it, it they're filling a very specific need when they're playing the Daleks or the Cybermen or the Ood or whoever. Um, and the show just wouldn't be what it is without them. And I feel like this is even a heightened version of that because it's certainly not um, without language, but our right. emotional journey is so linked to his and it's a, this wonderful marriage of animation and the vocal performance. It was, it was profoundly affecting. Like we're joking a lot about how upsetting it was, but I don't want that to undercut that like, no, it really, it's, it's an incredibly affecting piece of television. Just like, oh, I might need to go back to the bar cart, y'all. Yeah. Uh, Scotty says, I worked with a performer who thought an actor whose lines were nonverbal had an easier job. And it was like, dude, it's a completely different skill and requires just as much or more capability. And yeah, it's like, it'd be nice. It'd be handy if I could have words. That would do a lot of it for me. Instead, like, please communicate all this. You can grunt, you can breathe, and you can, like, kind of, like, do some other, like, grumbly kind of things. And that you can, oh, Keena says you can purr. So go, if you could just do that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Marcus says, I don't understand how he can do it really. And yeah. 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 It's, it's really hard. Uh, who does Momo? Same guy. Deep breath. Yeah. Breaker. Well, yeah. then that's like a one, two punch because we didn't really, there was so much to talk about yesterday that we didn't touch on this aspect of it, but the vocal performance in Momo's story in Tales of Bossing Say was also just incredible. So holy cow. Yeah. And, oh, um, deep breath. Yeah. Breath. It's one of those, it's also one of the, like the benefits of A.D. Bradley Baker doing, doing these things really, really well. Um, but also just how the economics of voice cast, voice casting union rules work um, is that, especially like when they hire, like when you bring on a guest actor, they get the same rate regardless of, they can voice up to like three to four voices in an episode and they get the same rate. Anything past that, they have to get extra. Um, so it's why when like um, you have like Scott Mendel, who's come on like kind of routinely across Avatar, normally does like multiple voices in the same episode because they pay him the same and he can fluctuate his voice. It's why um, like uh, it's Corey Burton, I think, did a lot of voices in the DC animated shows uh, like Brainiac and a bunch of others, but he would normally end up voicing like four other characters in those same episodes, just from an economics perspective, but also because Corey Burton is a goddamn chameleon. Um, and when he would switch between voices, you would not know that he was just talking to himself for multiple scenes. Mm. Um, and that's sort of like where it is, is like hiring someone to do APA, you kind of also need someone to do Momo because otherwise you're having to pay two people the same mm. amount. Um, so fun industry stuff about voice acting that I learned from watching DC animated show commentary <laughs> tracks. Anyway, I'm going to mute now because I'm hoping that the uh, special feature from one of the discs that has Dee Bradley Baker talking about doing voice work is on YouTube so I can put it in the chat. Okay. Uh, Marcus, do you want to share any thoughts or are you good? I'll share a few. Um, mostly just, I think this episode was a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. um, just obviously all the bad things but then you get like the little good things like when i said i wanted to see Oppa be more than a taxi 
I was going to say, more, Marcus, come on. I was more meaning things It's Marcus's like, fault. <laughs> uh, the fighting from the first season that he did. So we got a bit of that there when he, like, I really enjoyed when he, like, swatted the ringleader out and escaped. Like, that's the kind of opera, like, people trying to break him down and he uh, perseveres and gets his gets out by himself kind of thing but then he obviously has to go and find the uh buzzard hornets and stuff so i was waiting when who was going to mention the buzzard hornets i was thinking of the caldwells and Allison for that when that happened yeah <laughs> no almost... i basically blocked those <laughs> yeah they almost like they shot it almost like comedically like just going in and out right away but like yeah we don't need Appa to deal with those we also haven't mentioned uh but i just was felt so obviously we feel terrible for Appa the whole for like pretty much the whole episode but when he's all like covered in honey and trying to like lick some of it because he needs food and you're also thinking so like he's chained he's dirty he's now sticky and then soon covered in quilt like oh god it's so bad so bad it was very effective animation guys well well done animators you really made me believe that he's horribly covered in in honey and other terribleness Ugh, Keenan says Gus recently tried to grab a wasp that got in the apartment with his paws so when I saw Appa heading for the hornets I just yeah well, Marcus, can can Appa please go back to being a taxi now? And I hope they would appreciate him for what he does. <laughs> a fighting taxi. How about a fighting taxi who does like gets his own little like mini victories? That sounds ideal. I think okay. the appropriate thing is to take Appa to the spa so that yes. Yes. he can get the mud mask and he can get the pedicure and he can get, and someone, because someone needs to clean out the bugs and mud from between Appa's toes. Who is taking care of Appa's toes? No one. I hope yes. Suki did. I hope in addition to the combing and the pulling out all of the stingers, I hope that they also took care of his toes. I was very worried about his toes. I was just in there thinking like, because with the honey, I was like, okay, so we're going to probably want what? We're going to either want we're gonna want some uh, some warm water or we're gonna want some oil right he needs some oils and lots and lots of brushing and lots of patience and yeah but anyways uh it's a difficult episode op is the best we're very concerned for him yeah any other final thoughts on this episode um I mean, we didn't even mention the Bato cameo, and that doesn't seem like it'll be important at all. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, no, I mean, we've talked about the other, but we didn't mention the buzzard lion. Oh, yeah. That was cool. Which is cool, but also really scary. Very scary. <laughs> yes. Um, and for listeners... Um, Okay, drop these in the show notes for it. I dropped in the things. Uh, one's the DVD special feature. And then there's another with just a profile of Dee Bradley Baker's various work along things. I forgot he was the voice of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> Legends of the Hidden Temple, for those who watch What that I got excited about, I just spent a couple of minutes on his cruising his IMDb while we were talking, and I didn't realize that he was the lion in Steven. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Steven Universe, listeners, if yeah. you haven't watched it, it's very good. Yeah. Watch he's great. Dee Bradley Baker is amazing. Um, 
even not doing animal voices like his his spoken <laughs> linguistic performances are also really 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 good too uh marcus says i feel like i know what the end game is this season oh. so marcus share you know come come on back and let us know because then you might get a cold dish called well yeah i feel like it's going to be uh uh ang and team avatar versus the uh whatever secret police people of Dai-Li. the Earth Kingdom. Yeah. Okay. Um, to both rescue Appa and kind of break the bossing, say, culture war or whatever they want to call it. Mm-hmm. But there is no war in bossing, say. So there can't be a culture war. No culture war in bossing, say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, more on that at the end of the season. Um, Tomorrow, we're going to be talking about two more episodes as we head towards the finale here. The episodes are episode 17, Lake Laogai, and episode 18, The Earth King. So, do we have... Allison, do you have any predictions? Or any hopes? I mean, do I have hopes? Do What the hope do you think I have? You've um, broken all hope now. <laughs> I mean, it is a terrible baby name. Just kidding. If you're named Hope, your name is beautiful. Um, I, uh, I don't know. Is the is the Earth King an automaton? Is he made? Is he like an Earth robot, and he's made out of Earth, and he just talks? He's so, not a golem. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Here are my predictions. What's the first one called? Lake something. Lake Logai. Okay. So they go to the lake. And they have a picnic um, where they brainstorm ways to help Appa and all the nice things they're going to do for Appa when they get him back. And then the Earth King is that Aang and Toph use their earthbending skills to earthbend directly into the king's royal chambers where they find out that he is uh, uh, under some sort of control and is really a very nice person who wants to do the right thing for his people. And then he's like, oh, I've seen that. Sky Bison, here you go. Um, let's make everything better. There is war in Bossing Say, but also joy and love and peace. Um, yeah, that's my prediction. <laughs> Mark, uh, Scotty says maybe it's a Wizard of Oz situation. And Marcus says, I'm not certain the Earth King exists. So we will see what happens in these episodes and have plenty of thoughts tomorrow, I'm sure. So deep breath in, deep breath out. Oh, Noel is waving, Appa's little paw is waving goodbye. So thank you everyone for for sharing and helping us process. And thank you everyone for listening. We will be back tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye.